Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is... Look who's back. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. We've had a, a few bumps in the road and some difficulties that we've needed to handle, so we apologise for there not being as much content. This is the Silent and Death Machine podcast. I am, of course, the silent portion, and he is a death machine. Wait, no. Um, So, of course, I'm Aaron Nick. I am... I'm Mussoli, yes, and I'm Egyptian. Are. Well, I'm not... I mean, I'm barely either of those things, let's be honest. <laughs> no, even even my Egyptian family are like, you're a terrible Egyptian. Yes, I am. But I am, uh, by the way, half Egyptian. For once, you actually look less white than I do. Thank you very much. Yeah, see, it's you all about... Don't usually. Yeah, what, it is. What I'm going to start doing is, is like getting really dark brown LED lights onto me so I look even darker. Because I, I, I want some it. of them woke tokens in it that all the kids love on Twitter. There uh, we go. Yeah, see, now you've you got the like the olive Greek sort of thing going on. Yeah. Silent Greek. That's what I'll go for. Here's something that you didn't know. Um, my family come from Spanish um, royalty. Really? How mm-hmm. far? I've that? got a Spanish. No idea. I can't find about out anything about them, but I've got a Spanish seal ring. Uh, yeah, it's fucking, it's weird. Cool, isn't it? Ancestry is really good. I just never trust things like Ancestry.com and stuff like that. I feel like it's just, yeah. they basically trying to charge you a fee so that they can have a look at your DNA. That's how I feel. Uh, these random DNA tests where they're like, we'll tell you if you're 2% Norse. And I'm like, that's not going to have any, even if it is authentic, which I doubt, like, Ultimately, who wants to pay 150 quid to be told that they're 2% Norse? I just think it's a... My favourite thing about those type of things is when racists do it and find out they're part African. I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah, because we all essentially stem from Africa in some form or fashion because it was the original concept. People don't realise that when they look back at history. It's like the Greeks as well. Like, a lot of us have Greek ancestry. Mm Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Yeah. Like Not someone who's, yeah, very white well, power, white power. Yeah. Someone who's very white power, white power, white power. He's like, yeah, uh, part of your family is Indian. And so random because I was watching, uh, I like watching, I, I'm very weird. So when I'm working, I like, I really love, well, we I, know. you know, do you know Craig Ferguson? The, um, who used to yes, host the Late Late yes. Show in America. Uh, comedian, Scot- yeah. Yeah, Scottish stand-up comedian. On series one of Red Dwarf. Is he? I've just so, you know the episode you know the episode um with uh confidence and the other one yeah he's confidence that's fucking I can't wait to watch that. I've just started watching it back again because just saying is yeah just time. just a fat version of fake Craig Ferguson that's amazing because like um yeah no but yeah. I watched like he's daily show because someone's put like all of them on youtube and i love them because they're just they're very kind of anti-conformity when it comes to humor and stuff they're just like you know he slaps everything's face it's like i watched a couple of his bits and i've kept on thinking that would be what i would be like if i was a a late night host yeah everything a bit ramshackle and a bit giddy still professional still really good but just a bit yeah. All over. He's got a robot called Jeff, you know, that just takes the piss and makes sexual innuendos all the mm. time. He's throwing sweets into the crowd and he's mocking his audience and he's mocking himself. And 
you know, like just taking the piss and flirting with people. And it's very funny. But he had um, Betty White on, uh, or I believe has sadly passed away now. Um, she but, has now, yeah. yeah. Bless her. I mean, she did. She had a hell of an innings. But she was on Absolute it. Absolute beast of a woman as well. Yeah, She's fucking amazing. She was so awesome. But the reason that it jogged my memory is because I watched it just only about an hour or so ago while I was doing some graphic design. And um, she was fucking around, like basically saying, I'm going to go for the presidency because this was during the candidacy. And um, she was like, what do you think of my slogan? And she had a big poster up, you know, like the old school, like we need you posters. But it had her on it and underneath it had white power. And she's like, and it's Craig Frex is like, I'm not sure if that's going to fly with a sense. And she's like, what? I'm white and I'm powerful. And he's like, you know, my name's Betty White. Like, what's wrong with this? I don't get it. What's wrong with you people? It's very funny. And I thought, this is an 80, 90 year old woman making these jokes. And it reminded me, we all need to fucking have a bit more fun and not take everything so fucking seriously. Uh, it's fucking perfect. It's ace. What an amazing woman. Like, the woman that everybody wishes was their grandmother or mother, you know, like just an incredible. Oh, yeah with incredible strength so yeah uh, very very much so hysterically funny how's um how's things been for you mate obviously we know uh both of us had a bit of a rough uh, couple of weeks obviously with mental health and personal issues and stuff which yeah is it's, it's been a bit up and down for me it has been a bit up and down um but hopefully i'm kind of getting on the right track um starting to do something about my flittishness i don't want to call it adhd because everyone goes oh i've got adhd and then chooses to just be a dick and blame it on an ADHD. I'm starting to do something about that. I can already feel slightly better. My my head's focusing a little bit more on something, so that's kind of good. Um, yeah, uh, apart from that, I'm just getting on with shit. Yesterday, I had a bit of a fucking weird one. Yeah. And I described it to a friend of mine. Let me describe I'll, I'll get the message up because I've never been able to describe something like this. Um and it, it it fit me perfectly. Uh where am I? There we go. Uh diddly do diddly do diddly do. Yeah, so she asked me how I was. I said, I'm eh, I'm all right. She goes, What's up? I said, I'm just low. I've had a lot of my enthusiasm sucked out of uh, of myself, sucked out of me today. And I've never thought of it that way, but it is. It was very much like I had no enthusiasm for myself. Felt drained. About myself. Yeah, I just, I, not even drained. I'd felt like I had it pulled out of me. Okay. Like I was trying to be enthusiastic, but I just, it, it didn't work. It was really strange. Feeling a bit better today, I assume, creatively and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, a good sleep, being on something different. It was, yeah, yeah, it was quite nice. Um, but I do, I feel weirdly creative, and I'm going to come on to that in a bit because awesome. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I think. How about you? What, what have you? Yeah, like I'm um, forced into creativity, aren't I? Uh, made my debut for Wrestling Society. These lovely people behind me, um, which was wonderful. Nice. Nadia Sapphire's promotion, obviously, um, who we're very good friends with. Wonderful woman, tremendous uh, human being. Yeah, one of my best friends. I'm really blessed that, like, this is something actually I wanted to talk about. So this year I've made so um you've probably seen like in the group chat for instance a couple of companies have like got rid of me because of cost and things like that and there's not a problem with that but mm -hmm. i wish they were more transparent about it and stuff like that as opposed to just making excuses because that's what wrestling is essentially people bullshitting each other um but it was that thing of like 
I was speaking to like, I won't name drop them because it's unfair on them, but I was speaking to, let's say, very high profile people in our business, you know, people who can be found at the best, you know, the upper echelons of what we do. And I'm very Vince lucky. Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, basically, I was talking to Vince. And um, yeah, nice. and, uh, you know, our creative meetings every week because ultimately I'm in charge of Raw, pal. Um, I fucking hope not. And that looks I'm racism. Yeah, I know, right? Racism and sexism and Saudis. Oh, it's good shit, pal. Um, have, yeah, there's <laughs> like, for anyone who watches wrestling, like, ha, that's funny. And the other people are like, I don't get it. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it's like, it is. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I was like talking to these people and they were saying, you know, outright, fuck these people. Like, you deserve to be paid the right amount of money. You know, fuck these companies. Fuck the way they treat people. And then I realized, like, it's something, I've always known this, but I'm really starting to take pride in it, is that whoever you make uh, your professional and personal relationships with are a direct reflection of who you are as a person. So for me, or at least in my, you know, standpoint, it's not for everyone, obviously, you know, I only speak for myself, but these people I've noticed have driven me to be the very best because of these acquaintances mm-hmm. or these relationships. I'm now working for places like Wrestling Society. I'm having more to do with, you know, the companies that I've been very lucky and treated extremely well by. I'm working with the very best in our companies and the best in our professions, as opposed to a bunch of scrubs. And there's nothing wrong with working with people who are lower down the time pile. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it, in terms of the quality of personality, you very much reflect the people you work with. So last year, there were a few companies I worked with, with people that I fought with friends or whatever. Turns out they weren't good for me, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily even a reflection of them. It's just a reflection of me. And I realized surrounding myself with really good people who are constantly driving me to be better, who hold me accountable as well is making me a far better and more successful human being. So I'm making more money. I'm making more connections. These people were the people that were driving force of, hey, you need to get a fucking car sorted because you're really good at what you do and you need a car to be able to get to where you need to be because we can't trust public transport. Mm-hmm. You know, So I now have a car because these people drew a good one as well. and They drove me towards it. I'm now working harder. I'm putting even more effort in. I'm finding all these little nuances to improve my footage, my photography, my graphic design. I'm constantly pushing even harder. Uh, and I'm surrounded by people who don't just fucking tell me I'm great all the time. They absolutely will reward my time and remind me of how good I am or what I do. But they will also ensure that I don't settle or I get comfortable. And for me, that is the most valuable thing I have in my life for people like that who are constantly pushing for me to be more creative and do more. Not because they feel like I should be worked to death because they're like, no, we know there's so much more potential and talent in you. And we want to make sure that you live the best of that because ultimately you're only going to get one go around. So Mm. so like a little kind of moral message for people watching, do yourself a favor, surround yourself with people who not only empower you, but strive for you to be the best version of yourself. If they're happy for you to just fuck around and maybe they don't have your best interests at heart all the time, or maybe they don't have enough of their own self-esteem and their own self-drive to help motivate you further, in which case don't always put stock in them more so than others. You know, it's that case in point, like when we spoke about family, it's great if you've got a very good functional family, you've got good kids and things like that, but just because they are your family doesn't mean that they are exempt essentially from being the very best version of themselves for you as well as themselves. Yeah, and that's definitely. It's just reverberating around now and I'm looking around and instead of thinking, God, I hate that person, I'm going to spend time moaning and whinge about it. Instead, I'm like, I don't care because I'm too busy being the very best version of myself and ultimately... Um, being selfish in that regard is then 
creating more selflessness to help other people so everything comes hand in hand there's always that balance and i know that there's people who are sending questions to us friends of ours you know and i know they listen to this and they really like listening to me sort of talk about all these cathartic presences that are in my life and the one thing i can say to them is you know what it's not a bad thing to be picky about who you want to be friends with and who you want to associate with choose people that are right for you not who you think are going to be right for you choose people that you know are going to be right you know deep down whether someone's good for you or not and if they're not it doesn't matter if they're a good or a bad person fuck them off and make better friends make better acquaintances make better work relationships and you'll feel like a better person it's true it's very very true but also you're friends with me so you can't really say much yeah, but see, this is, yeah, but that's you just being self-deprecating as per usual. Um, but it's that thing of, me too. but at the same time, you hold me accountable if you think I'm doing something stupid. like, And that in itself shows that you're a better person than, say, somebody who's going to empower that behavior or just be like, yeah, whatever. Something as simple as maybe me watching your stream while I'm driving and you're like, oh, dickhead, focus on driving. Little things like that. Which I did. Which yes, I did. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people maybe wouldn't have done that or wouldn't have cared or would have just laughed. And it's that thing of like, yeah, obviously I was safe. I wasn't like, ha ha, this is funny shit, Crash. Like I wasn't doing that. But it's that thing of, you know, just ensuring that I'm fucking paying attention to what is the most important thing at that time. And that's what friends should be doing. Um, yes, they should be supportive. Yeah. Yes, they should. Uh, you probably saw the status, that lovely thing I got on the dating app where it was like, yeah, oh, fuck her. What a strange fucking reaction. And people I've spoken to have had two reactions. One is that bitch can go fuck herself. She's completely lost out on the potential of a great partner. Um, but it's also that thing of people saying, um, fucking, that just sounds like an excuse. They wanted an out. And again, yeah. it's transparency. And I'm like, I'm not hurt by it anymore because I'm feeling far more comfortable. I have self-esteem. I have self-confidence mm -hmm. and awareness that I'm good at what I do. And so I'm exploring that side more than allowing my mental health to drag me into a place where I'm like, I'm a piece of shit and I deserve to die, which does happen from time to time when you have poor mental health. Um, I'm now taking uh, supplements uh, that go like vitamin supplements and things that go hand in hand with my antidepressants. And all of a sudden, what I supplements? Just simple things like vitamin C, vitamin D, you know, that kind of stuff, zinc, magnesium. Um, you know, I was luckily, I've got a lot of friends in wrestling, very healthy people, you know, big fucking jacked up geezers and women and, you know, just beautiful people in general. And most of them swear by these. So, and it's that thing of like, yeah, they're not the be all and end all. They're not a replacement for whatever you're doing, blah, blah, blah. You're still need to be exercising, mm. and drinking water and all that stuff. But this will help reinforce your immune system. For instance, we live in a country where we have very little sunlight. So it makes sense for us to take a vitamin D supplement so that we can get a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Someone who lives in Florida probably doesn't need to take that. Someone like us, it's probably more beneficial to us. And it does all these different things. They all help chemically balance the body. You need vitamin C in your mm -hmm. body. Otherwise, you can't fight off fucking illness or flu or colds as well. So I might take longer for somebody who doesn't care about their body or doesn't look after it at all, as opposed to somebody who's like, yeah, I am going to exercise. Yes, I am going to take vitamin C every day. I'm going to make sure I eat. You know, there's a reason we have things like five a day and stuff like that. Yeah, it's boring. Yes, it's mundane. Yes, it's annoying when the government, especially yelling at you about it because they're a bunch of cunts. But it's important that you have some fruits. It's important you have some vegetables. Have some fucking potatoes and broccoli with your dinner, you know? Don't always have a plate of fried fucking beans or chili or whatever. They... Like, and it's just that thing of like, I'm just practicing a bit more mindfulness and self-awareness and wellness. 
by no means perfect. Like my diet's still shit. I still drink way too many fizzy drinks and yeah. stuff like that. But I don't drink as much Monster, for instance. It's the little things. And once you start stacking up all those little things, more often than not, you will see an improvement. And that's kind of how I'm at at the moment is I'm working towards that. So yeah. it's working well for me. I can't complain. It's a nice, yeah, it's good. Um, fizzy drinks, you need a soda stream, mate. You I did have a soda, soda stream, stream, but the problem with the soda stream was that it then empowered me to get the energy drink one. So I would drink it too much. Um, and also the Dr. Pepper one. So I'm not sure. Is it is that like a healthy, is it more healthy then in terms of? it's? I wouldn't say so, but it gives you more options. So I'm drinking at the moment, this is um, Blood Orange, um, oh. which is not a, it's not an official soda stream one, but because I make it fizzy and that, it feels nice. And it's just, you get, there's so many things you can do. But again, vitamin C and shit. But it helps you get away from that very caffeinated type drink. That's, yeah, most um, of them. Even the I Pepsi mean... Max one. So yeah. Pepsi Max, I'm a big fan of Pepsi Max. They've got their own syrup, but the beauty is you can make it as strong or weak as you like. So you don't need to have it as strong as the cans are. You can have it a little weaker and you can mess about with it that way. Have less shit in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I don't know. It's it's I always associate a soda stream with like a toasty maker or something. It seems like a great novelty for a couple of weeks and then you tune it out. I've had mine for six months, I still use it. I probably use it more now than I did. I had one like 10, 15 years ago. Um yeah, I I don't don't I don't buy bottles of soda anymore, like at all. I buy cordial for the kids, and the rest of it is just those things. Might be worth having a go then. You can stick. Can you still do yeah. the thing where you take the empty gas canisters to ASDA or whatever, and I replace it for you? I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. Have you not? Normally, when the gas canister, so with mine, when the gas canister ran out, you could go to ASDA customer service because they recycle them. Mm. But you would give them to them, and they would give you a full up one for free. And that's how you. And that's apparently what most places do with those. So definitely worth checking out. I will have to look. Definitely worth uh, checking out. Because that's one of the benefits, I suppose, as well of the soda stream is that you're using less, um, obviously, package materials and stuff. So, you know, and the bottles are being recycled. So you're having less of an impact on the ecosystem as well. That's the idea. Yes, yeah. Well, that's the that, thing. That the you just threw your gas canister away. It's impacting the environment much worse than taking it back. And obviously, they're so easy to refill anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are people who probably do it themselves, but I can't be asked. <laughs> I'd rather just take it in somewhere and be like, here, you, fill this up and take yeah. it back. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I'll have to have a look at that later. Oh, it's an idea. It's always an idea. It's always an idea. Ooh. What did you want to talk about from a creative standpoint? Creative standpoint, <clears throat> question for you and for the listeners slash watchers. What if we did this, not only as a podcast for people to watch on YouTube and listen to, what if we did it live as well? I mean, I'm happy to do it. I think that I've What got... if we streamed it? <clears throat> what you mean, like live streamed uh, us in, like, say, in front of an audience doing it? Well, that later on down the line. But what if we did a Twitch? What if we stream this on Twitch? Us chatting, us doing the podcast, getting live so feedback from the listeners. Live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I if like they that want idea. to, if they if they don't want to, then they can mess about with it. But yeah, I thought it was an idea. It's something I want to do a wrestle plug is like live stream me watching shows and stuff like that because we we do the Zoom chats anyway. One of the issues with yeah. it is that I found that the software was a bit volatile because my setup wasn't as high tech as like I've got a very good laptop, but it can. Mm even though it's got a lot of RAM and stuff, it can get a little bit flustered if it's doing a lot of, because what people forget with stuff like that is it causes quite a bit of strain on technology if you haven't got the right components. You know, mm-hmm. same same with anything, isn't it? The, the more strength and the more, um, you know, money you invest into technology, the better it's going to reap rewards for you. And that's the same with streaming, mm-hmm. I think, which is why a lot of these people wait until they've got big rigs and stuff. Like, I'll make Tanvir spend a lot of money on his rig and set up. So that he could stream, which he still isn't doing, by the way. You said you were going to stream months ago. Gets on it, you dirty little... Tanvir, you fuckwit. Yeah, fucking jippo, Tanvir. But even down to, at the end of the day, for that, you're missing out on an opportunity there because why not give everything to Tanvir? He can fucking stream everything. You can just be doing your camera on Zoom and he can present the rest of it. He can be your producer in theory. Hey, because Tanvir's too fucking lazy to do it, you know? <laughs> That's... Fuck you, Tanvir. You know what happens with WrestleFlog? I have to do... Like, we see with our games night, it cracks me up because Ajax is like, I'm in charge. I'll get the games night side. All right, next, could you start the game for us? Oh, could you play this for us? Oh, like, could you hold the stream for us? Like, fucking, you're not in charge then, are you, you gimp? Uh, and I know you're watching. I know you're listening. You're fucking gimp. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, it's it's fun. Like, I like, you know, I like to, I don't know, I don't want to call myself a leader or anything because I don't see it that way. I feel like WrestleFlog is just a big or, you know, crazy family of us all doing our own thing and stuff. And, you know, I love the fact that I can give people airtime and a little bit of a creative outlet, you know? It's lovely that they can come on State of Wrestling Address and vent and have an opinion and not fucking, you know, I'm never going to say to people, right, you're only allowed to talk about this, this, is nah, fuck off. You can say whatever you fucking please and do whatever you please. That's what makes WrestlePlug, for me, different to anyone else. It's great what what Culture does. It's great what Cultaholic does. It's great what, you know, insert whoever. But for me, I yeah, WrestlePlug isn't everyone's cup of tea, but at least it's our own cup of tea, you know? We've made our own. We yeah. haven't tried to fucking pretend, like, you know, I don't stop swearing or filter myself or censor our swear words or anything just because it might hopefully monetize us later down the line what's the point because then i'm denying myself the ability to be the best version and the most real version of me that's pointless mm-hmm. so for yeah. me no, I'm... and to be honest who i am and how i present myself and how i behave has reaped incredible rewards in terms of my success in my business. So why would I then change it? Because somebody said, I don't like it when you swear. Well, I don't like it when you tell me what I should do in my content. Fuck off and do your own. That's how I look at it. But I'm not telling you how to present your stuff. If you want to be super PG and not upset anyone and be super work, that's great. We're not about that. And the ultimate, the ultimate thing is WrestlePlug is a choice like anything else. You can choose to what nobody's forcing you to watch it. So all the while that you're in a... Apart from the people in my basement. Exactly. They can shut up and just... I make those work then watch it. How is the uh, Fritzel thing going? Is it all right? I don't know. I haven't been down in a bit. No? Does the banging... I haven't heard much, though. No, no, I haven't heard much for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's what said. Should probably check on him. Yeah, just... I mean, it's important to just keep him alive just in case the worst happens, but... I mean, other than that, let them fend for themselves. That's why I say the dirty little tinkers. The tip is, though, everyone says, oh, you can't keep them in the basement. It'll start to smell. 
That's where you dig down, then dig across. Clever. So it's not directly Make the when room. heat rises, it yeah. doesn't come up through. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very smart. See, that's, it goes that's into someone what... else's house. Yeah, see, that's Fritzel should have been clever. Should... All he had to do was move across a few meters and he would have been fine. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Moron. I kept telling him. Moron. I'd expect I more from an Austrian. Him. Yeah, see, these Austrians, right? They they think of world domination. They have these ideas, but instead of going across, they always go straight up, and that's the problem. It's true. Hey, there you go. It's true. You made your own bed, didn't you, Hitler? So you have to lie on it, bud. Brick, right? Yeah, that was that was my creative thing. Um, I've what, started. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. No, my my uh, my daughter and I have got really into murder mysteries. She absolutely loves a murder mystery at the moment. We've started writing one. And I quite like the idea of it already. And, but here's my thing. And this is to all the the writers and stuff out there who, who are listening to this. I've, I'm shit at writing because I'll have an idea and I think, the, excuse me, the, the Christmas story that I did, it was on um, the Christmas podcast. That is the first thing I've actually fully finished in years. In absolutely years. Everything else, it's half done or, you know, three quarters done. And I've never been able to fully finish them. How does everyone get around that? For you, it's different because it's more visual. You can see the end point. Yeah. But how how do here we go? Question for the audience. How do you get around that shit? I can't figure it out. Cannot figure it out for the life of me. I think there's always going to be a sense of with because I did writing at university. That was my thing. I always wanted to be a playwright. And I think mm. you have to trust that the material's ready to go at some point and then be prepared for what people think of it because ultimately it's always subjective. So it's not that much different yeah. from, say, doing video for WrestlePlug in that regard, because ultimately I know that some people might not like what I do. And, you know, that's it's, it's one of the hardest things, especially in a, a world where we're so much more aware of our anxieties and our mental health, is um, it, we realize that there's always going to be a risk involved when you create content that people may react to it poorly or negatively, and it might affect you. So you have to kind of steal yourself. Like, you know, these businesses... They require thicker skin. For instance, someone like uh, J.K. Rowling, who has been astonishingly successful, um, it was always going to get to a point when you're that successful that people will then find out what kind of person you are. And if you're not a good person or you have terrible viewpoints, people will essentially use that as a reflection of your product, which I don't personally think is fair. Like, If you don't like J.K. Rowling, that's one thing. But if you like Harry Potter, you can't say, I don't like Harry Potter. I find it very strange when people are like, I don't like Harry Potter anymore because I know what J.K. Rowling's like. Okay. But yet you, like, why should they suffer? I can understand something like Elvis, for instance. I know this was something that you've talked about a lot, ad nauseum. Um, with that, it's one individual artist and you're consuming one individual property. But for instance, something like Harry Potter, the films, the adaptations, should, for instance, someone like Daniel Radcliffe then have to come out and apologise for being associated with those films because J.K. Rowling is not that great a human being in so many people's eyes, and yet, you know, you were in the adaptation of her book. Not so much. I don't see... No, I think I think there is a difference there between um, 
knowing who the person is later on down the line and being in their early stuff. So the people now who are associated with her professionally, you can kind of see, well, hang on a second, you agree with this shit? You think this is an acceptable human being? For the people earlier on, they didn't know. Nobody knew at that point what type of person they were. Do you think people should um, be frowned upon then if for working on content that maybe she's... Like, for instance, if you're in the Fantastic Beast movies, do we do we associate, like, um, you know, the actors, do we give them more attitude because we now know what J.K. Rowling's profession, non-professional, her personal opinions are? Or do we still say, like... Because, you know, ultimately... That- it's easy for us to say that, but we're not the ones who are earning money through that medium. Yeah, um, there isn't an easy answer to that at all. Um, it's down to your moral compass. It's like we were saying before about going over to you know, Qatar and to Saudi Arabia to work. Would you do it if the money was right, et cetera, et cetera? It's down to your own moral compass. Um, should you frown upon the person for doing it? I think it depends. Um, depends on the person, depends on the uh, the, the thought behind it. Like for me, I don't think that anyone associated with the current Fantastic Beast movies, um, I don't, I don't look at them and think, right, morally, you're reprehensible because you're working on a film that was born out of the creation of somebody who has bad opinions about transgender. Like I don't see, I'm yeah, able so- to disassociate that. I'm able to mm-hmm. say J.K. Rowling's opinions are fucking stupid to me. Fuck that dumb bitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also able to say that's not reflective of these guys' performances in the film and stuff like that. And I can still enjoy yeah. the films for what they are. But I reckon it wouldn't. Do you think it might be a stretch to say that the reason they're not nearly as successful and they've essentially tanked, haven't they? Especially the third one, which ultimately I didn't think was that good a film anyway. And I think that's one of the main reasons people didn't like it because it actually just isn't that good in my opinion. Um, which is a shame because I love the first two, especially. Um, but mm. like for me, it's that thing of I reckon that there is a certain element of people who, because of this, you know, culture of being more woke and being more aware of things and not wanting to digest content that's been created by someone who's may not necessarily as good morally as other people. Um, mm-hmm. I think that has hurt the brand and people are less likely to go and watch it. There is a large portion of people like we're boycotting this film because we know that it's associated with J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. But then, um, and that's fair enough. I've terrible, got a. But she's not killing people or hurting anyone. She's just got a bad opinion that no. not can share. Um, well, you say that. Her actions, her vocalization of her views, have influenced other people. Those people could go off and do these things. But again, no. that comes back to our argument about responsibility, doesn't it? Because I land on the side yeah. of defense. It's not her fault. It's, yeah, it's up yeah. to it's you whether fault, you choose but... to be influenced yeah. by that. Yeah. Like, she's not she's um, not good for putting that out there. But at the same time, as a grown adult, if I then choose to say, ah, JK Rowling thinks this, therefore that means I'm empowered to think that as well. That's my responsibility and accountability. And people have to take yeah. accountability for how they react to these opinions. If you can't mm-hmm. sort of, if you're so easily swayed mentally that you're like, oh, I never had any poor opinions about the transgender community, but now that I've listened to JK Rowling, I'm going to side of her opinions. That speaks more about you than it does her. Yeah. I think it's it's a difficult one. So someone like, so it, I think that with the Fantastic Beasts movies, it's a franchise already ongoing. If people now pull out, it could affect the franchise, which will affect a lot more than just J.K. Rowling. Yeah. 
because it's not just about her in that instance. It's about everyone that's involved. Something new comes out. J.K. Rowling writes something new in the same wizarding world and has a brand new cast and has a brand new this, that, and the other. Then everyone has the right to turn around and go, no, fuck you. Absolutely fuck you. I'm not acting in something you've done. Doing it over the Fantastic Beast stuff? No, because it's more than just you at this point. There is a whole lot of people that are banking on you. If she's coming out with something new, it's benefiting herself and the people higher up. It's not benefiting anyone else. So I think that them carrying on with Fantastic Beasts, they should. They just should. Um, apparently it might not be. They, apparently the third film might be it. And that's it. And they think that they might not come back to it. Which is a bit of a shame. That might just be because it wasn't as good. Yeah, no, it, it, I I don't know if you've seen it. I personally didn't think it was very good. I didn't like it. I thought um, it I haven't. My my daughter has. She enjoyed it, but you know she's eleven. For me, she the liked I, little mix at one point. Yeah, like uh, yeah, like that's fair. I mean, for me, like I loved the films because they were more focused around the wildlife and the lore of the animals in the you know, the yeah. whistling world. And obviously I'm very big on animal, right? And I just love animals anyway. So for me, I was able to watch something like that. And I'm like, oh, look at the cute little Nuffler chasing after coins and things like that. Like, you know, I, I I was really fascinated by that. And the first film especially was really good at introducing all these beautiful, wild and imaginative creatures mm -hmm. that kind of you, you could find empathy with or you could enjoy just from an entertainment standpoint. Whereas in the third film, there's very little of that at all. It's actually all about the yeah. lore and, you know, the character. And then, of course, it's hurt by the fact that they've had to recast Johnny Depp's character. So even though the guy who replaced him was, I thought, excellent and still had the representation of him, the problem is that... Mads it's, Mikkelsen, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to disassociate. And uh, some people used his um, role as an argument for, ah, well, you didn't complain about Dumbledore. I was like, that's a bit different. The guy passed away. You had no choice but to change him. Mm. They, you know, and ultimately they brought in what Michael Gambon, who's fucking incredible anyway. So it was just that thing of like, we can carry on. And I can sit there and say both guys played the role beautifully and I enjoyed their, you know, their adaptations of it. So whereas with this, it's like, it's a shame because now we don't look at the film and say, right, let's just watch Fantastic Beast Free and judge for ourselves whether it's a good film based on its content and its plot line and everything else that goes into that and instead we're watching it thinking well it's not as good because johnny depp's not in it you know all of a sudden the narrative mm. has been shifted to something that's more politicized or more controversial in the public eye which is a shame and it, it it's frustrating because i don't want to consume any kind of media based on my opinions of things that maybe aren't necessarily reflective of that media itself case in point some people may not want to watch the next Pirates of the Caribbean film if they bring Johnny Depp back because of all the shit that's gone on with him and Amber Heard. Um, you know, whether you, whoever side you want to land on, it's a shame because we're not now sitting there going, is this a good film? We're saying we're going to base our opinions based on whether we like him or not, which then is a kind of a poor reflection of the media and the art form. But I think we always do that, don't we? Take out the controversy of it all take out the the big things have you ever watched a thing and then been put off it because there's someone in there that you don't like no never 
not when it comes to anything like that I can think of. I genuinely don't. And maybe I'm in the minority there. Um, I think it would have to be, for me, the things that, for instance, JK Rowling, right? Yes, her opinions are terrible. I don't see it as a big enough extreme to put me off consuming content that maybe she's involved with or created. Whereas, for instance, Lost Profits, like that is such an yeah. extremely yeah, yeah. vicious and disgusting thing to the point where I'm like, I cannot associate with that at all because yeah. that's hanging over. Whereas if somebody's like, are you going to watch the new Fantastic Beast films? No, because I hate J.K. Rowling's opinions. I'm like, I don't care about her opinions enough for that to reflect on whether I want to watch the film or not, because I still want to see the acting performances of all the people that are in it. Cause I think they're fucking phenomenal. The guy who plays Newt Scalamander, his name um, evades me. I, I think he's an incredible actor the guy who plays Stephen. Um, um, I've, I've totally forgotten his name. He's, he's fucking phenomenal. I know the name. Yeah. He is. He's one of those names. Suji Hiri, like, Oh, that guy, you know, this, there's so many incredible acting um, talents in these films. And I feel like it would be, Eddie Redmayne. Bingo. Like, for me, one of the better actors of our modern generation. I don't want to feel like I can't enjoy a performance by him just because J.K. Rowling's an idiot and has terrible opinions. That doesn't... I it get doesn't you. I do get enough. you. Whereas My... if, if she had murdered a transgender person, we're talking about something different. So again, it lands as to how graphic or how upsetting the content is or how... You know, like with Lost Profits, there's just there's no middle ground there. There's no kind of this yeah. isn't this isn't morals. This is evil, pure evil. So for me, it's like no, that's that's now you're in a different landscape where you know, and yeah, I still feel sorry for the other members of Lost Profits because ultimately they've lost you know what could have been potentially you know what should have been the biggest kind of you know medal or you know honor of their careers being associated with such they're a huge successful artist, and instead now they're only renowned as yeah you're you know you're the backing group essentially for one of the most disgusting evil pieces of shit that has ever come out of the music industry which is a real shame because yeah. ultimately that's not what their legacy should be but thanks to him that's yeah. what it will be exactly. but i guess it's, all, it's, it's, it's all a... <clears throat> levels isn't it you know some things are less offensive than others or some things upset us less for me I'm not swayed or influenced by what someone like J.K. Rowling says. So I don't really care. Yeah. So I can still watch about it. And people might say, oh, you're empowering her. No, I'm not. It's just that, if anything, I'm de-empowering her. I'm the opposite of it. Because what I'm essentially saying is, your fucking opinions are stupid to me, but that's not going to reflect how I then consume other media, whether you're associated with it or not. Because you're not important to me, because your opinions are fucking stupid, madam. So good for you that you've made all those billions and you're incredibly rich. But I care not for you, but I can still care for the content. But of course, again, it comes down to levels. I can't say the same for Lost Profits, but I can for Harry Potter's franchise. Because for me, my arg- not nearly as evil or graphic. Yeah, my argument with it is, um, are you giving money to the person that's doing something disgusting or that's done something disgusting? With J.K. Rowling, if you think her views are disgusting then if you're buying her stuff then yeah you are kind of contributing to it um i have a way around it there's two ways around it one of them is illegal which i don't do one of them is legal which i do um the illegal one is torrent of stuff you can still enjoy it you can still you know enjoy everything about it but just don't buy it my legal way of doing that anytime it's on a streaming service if it's on a streaming service, 
whether it be a book or whether it be a film or even games, the new games coming out, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to put money in my pocket. But if it comes out on a streaming service, I'm already paying for the streaming service. Fuck it, I'll, I'll play it then. I'll a lot of, watch it then. Another good argument which plays into that is the use of secondhand material. Like someone mm. brought up a really good point. If you're so vehemently against J.K. Rowling and don't want to support her, you can go to a majority of charity shops and find her books in there and she will not yep. get a penny from that. So therefore you're not monetizing or funding her or her opinions in any way. And yet you're still able to enjoy and consume the media that was created by her. Exactly. And that's, I think for me, that's the healthier way of doing it. Yeah. Because you can still enjoy what you enjoy if you do still want to, but you're also not supporting them financially. Yeah. Fair... I'm not saying Torrent is I'm not saying Torrentin's right. Yeah, and no I am saying is dare do such a thing. No, not at all. Uh, but what I am saying is Torrent it. Watch wrestling don't, <clears throat> don't don't torrent it. Don't torrent it. Torrent it. Don't. Don't do it. Don't stop torrenting things that I'm torrenting. Stop doing that. Stop <laughs> it. The funny thing don't is do it. I don't torrent don't do it. Do WWE. It. Don't do it. I watch it all on the network and stuff. And you'd think I'd be the first person to be like, yeah, fuck that. But actually, all the wrestling stuff I consume, I consume it properly, which is weird. Maybe that's because I'm in that sort of theatre of work, so I don't want people, because then, you know, because people could technically torrent. Luckily, all my work is readily available on free platforms, which is good. Like, you know, and I shit. enjoy that. It's shit, yes. Um... <laughs> yes, my work is shit, apparently. I mean... Yeah. And it and it's shit, so it doesn't matter if it gets uh... exactly, exactly. I mean, you're in a minority with that opinion, but thank you very much, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, so Still watch it. He's lovely, isn't he? He's lovely. Uh, <laughs> I uh, that's that's throwing me. That's quite funny. Um, it's been week, three weeks. It's been, been three weeks, and we've not done this. I've got to put some insults in somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. You got You got to get out of your system, haven't you, darling? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. But yeah, no, I I like talking about things like this. Like, I'd rather have you know, genuine conversation and narrative about it and just being outright, J.K. Rowling's a cunt, therefore anyone who watches her stuff is a cunt. It's not as simple as that. It really, it never is. Like, you know, and I think it's healthy to kind of, you know, educate people that, hey, you don't want to support J.K. Rowling? Go and buy the book from Charity Shop. Go and watch it on the streaming service, like you said. Mm. You know, There are ways to still enjoy things without empowering dickheads. For instance, yeah. you know, I hated Donald Trump. Him as a president is a joke. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't go to America and enjoy what America has to offer. Just don't fucking support that dickhead. Don't go to the fucking White House and, you know, all fucking vote for him or whatever. You know, that's that's the joy. So the I, my, my daughter loves Harry Potter. And so any thinking about Christmas or anything like that, it's, you know, if I need to get little bits, it's like Harry Potter stuff would be good. Do I really want to put money in J.K. Rowling's pockets? Etsy. People on Etsy and who make things on Etsy, they don't have the rights to it. Just fucking use them. Yeah. Give them the money. It's where copyright law is a massive grey area. Because, yes, they shouldn't be doing it. But also, fuck J.K. Rowling. Yeah, the same with my content. Like, I reckon if they properly comb through everything, a lot of my content would be removed from YouTube. For instance, my Raw reviews, I have footage on there, you know, from WWE. And the thing is, mm. they're not going to lose any money by me doing that, at least not all the time. I only have, what, 620-odd subscribers. But it's that thing of, should it really matter? 
They mm-hmm. do we kind of should we hold because if it's a small for instance, are you gonna feel as bad about robbing from Morrison's as you are robbing from if you're a crook, obviously. I'm not saying that that's what we do, but if you stole something from Morrison's, are you gonna feel as bad about that as if you stole something from say a private little independently owned shop where their margins are much, 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 much tighter and they need that money to survive? Probably not. I'm not gonna feel as bad about taking something yeah. from Morrison's or Asda who have a notorious reputation for mistreating their staff and underpaying people anyway. Um, but the sad thing is someone has to suffer at all times for these actions if you choose to do them. So it's best just not to bother at all. <laughs> but then it's also very easy it's because good. it's it's tough though, isn't it? Because we live in an environment now and I've you notice this more and more as a self-employed person like myself, you realise shit. Um, you know, like we want to be able to say fuck all these big corporations, fuck them off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy my coffee from Costa or Starbucks. I'm going to go down to the lovely little shop that's run by, I don't know, Deirdre or whoever. But in, but the problem is that these lovely people who are independent, they have to charge so much more than these companies to survive because otherwise their margins die and then they die as a business and then they end up as a part of a number and they have to go and work for these big companies because these big companies are able to afford to drop the margins down to crazy prices. So, yeah, I'd love to go down to butchers, for instance, every time I want a pack of sausages or a steak. But, you know, you're paying three times the amount you would when you go to a supermarket. And for us, it's mm-hmm. not a case of we don't want to buy from it. We just it's not a viable option because we can't afford to because the living wage isn't brought up to the standards it should be, which ultimately is reflective of a Tory government who are a bunch of cunts. So, Too uh, fucking right. Fucking. Too fucking right. Tory cunts. Hate them. Hate them. Like, detest them. I detest all politicians. They're all scum. True. Very true. There's been some exciting news today. Has there? Yeah. Are you are you pregnant? We, uh, I just look it. Oh, okay. Um, no, DC Universe. Yeah. We saw it I'm on the not, group chat. Not clued up about this stuff at all, but I'm excited about being able to consume more DC content. Um... So yeah, there's there's all sorts of stuff. There's a video that James Gunn released on Twitter. Everyone go and watch that because it's fucking fascinating. Is he the director the of Guardians? Of... Yeah, direct, uh, director of Guardians, directors of the Suicide Squad, super, um, all sorts of stuff. He's fucking brilliant. Hmm. Um, but they are doing so, so much. They're bringing new animated series into it. They're doing a new TV series of one of my favourite characters, Booster Gold. They're doing um, Amanda Waller, um, played by Viola Davis. Doing She's a Swamp getting Thing a film. film, aren't they? Say again? Doing a Swamp Film movie, aren't they? Yeah, back to the dark origins of it. And yeah, it's, watch the TV it's series, looking man. good. I haven't. It's been Excellent. on my watch list for fucking ages. Excellent. Like, I genuinely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It got cancelled after one series because it's not as fashionable, I think. That was that was what I yeah. saw it as, like because obviously Swamp Thing is not it's not quite Superman or Iron Man, you know. It's there's a lot less finesse about yeah. it. But the st- what was really clever was that kind of concurrent storyline of protecting the environment. The Swamp Thing is essentially a ludicrously powerful eco warrior. That's basically what it is. Um, and yeah. you know, they played that story really well. And the acting performances were excellent, and the build up to how he became Swamp Thing and things like that was really well done. Um, but yeah, sadly, it just never took off with people. I don't think it was, I think it was almost, 
in some ways too woke i think which is ironic because i don't really subscribe to woke content as much but i enjoyed that because i'm very passionate about animal welfare and the environment so for me it was like huh um you know like i, I don't think I, it was do you not it, i don't think it was too woke it was too comic booky well you think there was from no what i've heard from people relation it was there was no relativity yeah. to it yeah you needed to know who who Swamp Thing was. You needed to know there was a character called Swamp Thing um, to be able to care about the fact that there is a Swamp Thing. Yeah. Everyone knows that there's a Superman. Everyone knows that there's a Batman. Everyone knows there's a Spider-Man. He just the wasn't a Suicide Squad. Thing for a series. Yeah. The Suicide Squad, take Harley Quinn out of it. No one had gone to watch that film at all. That is true. Um, the, the new one, the new one, I'm so fucking glad people did. Because that's what's led to all of this. Uh, with James still Bond being as good one. as he fucking is. Still you really that. fucking need to. Yeah. The one with John Cena is You really mate. need to. Yeah. yeah. I really like the first so one. So here's... Okay. The first one wasn't great because they didn't quite know what they were doing with it. I liked it because I'm not as... Like, I don't really know much about comic book lore and stuff. So for me, I was like, right, I'm just going to watch this as a film. And we'll see. And I like. I thought Will Smith was great in it. I thought he was brilliant. Mm. I obviously love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Like she's like every man's dream woman now, isn't she? We all want a freaky, psychotic lady who looks that good. Um, but yes, Joker's performance. I didn't think it was amazing, but I didn't think it was terrible either. Like I, to be honest, he wasn't in the film enough for me to think, God, that's offensive, and he pisses me off. He just he was only fleetingly in it anyway. Um, so I wasn't yeah. that bothered. I know that um, our friend Kyle fucking detests Jared Leto. Thinks it's like the worst thing he's ever seen. Um, but oh yeah, it's it's fucking awful. I I I didn't see it that way. Like yes, I much prefer like a, there's I the thing with me is it's a case of just because I found so many other adaptations and so many other representations of Joker like Whacking Phoenix to be you know to be fucking incredible. I didn't mm-hmm. then look at him and think. Oh, you're a piece of shit. Are you a piece of shit by comparison to them? Yeah, probably. But I still didn't think it was horrific. Like, you know, I wasn't like, wow, this guy just feels like some dumb college nerd actor who doesn't know how to act or anything. Like, I felt his representation was okay. It was acceptable enough. Um, but I, I do feel like, like, for instance, Boomerang was fucking amazing in it as well. Love his character. Yep. Um, and so for that, it's like, if I can find that many positives in it, for me, that's enough to say that that film was good enough for me to enjoy it. Is it as good as the new one? Probably not. I'll probably enjoy that more. Um, but it's that thing of, I think people are very quick to kind of be very extreme about things. They are, they're either in that camp of it's absolute shit or it's absolutely amazing. No one can ever say it's okay. It's fine. Like it's all right. I've done. Yeah. I've done that for years. I've been, so for example, Batman versus Superman. I love that. I, I thought it was all right as a film. It was all right. It's yeah. not perfect. It's not yeah, no, great. It's, it's not the it's best not Batman film ever. No. But well, you I, step I out of it. Yeah, you step out of it and go, is it a good film? Like, yeah, on the surface of it, yeah, it's a good film. It's not great. It's not fucking... Same with the... Women, who's amazing. Yeah. The, the, huh? It's the same with the first version of the Justice League. Is it a masterpiece? No. Is it great? No. Is it watchable? Very. You stick it on for two hours and not have to think. Do they have positives? That's how I'm looking at it now is do these films provide positives to the overall makings of future products? Yes, they do. For instance, Justice League introduces Jason Momoa as Aquaman, who I thought is great in the role. And I actually really liked Aquaman. I thought it was a lot of fun and very tongue-in-cheek and hilarious and also Mm -hmm. a great set piece. Who doesn't like... 
Dolph Lundgren is a seahorse with pink hair. Come on. Like, that's funny to me, and it's entertaining. Um, and the set pieces and the graphics of it were incredible, so it introduced that, which I'm happy about. I like the idea of Superman being a more menacing evil thing, like the Injustice games are really good at doing that. Like That's the best sort of mm-hmm. format to see that. He's so good as like you know that evil Superman. You're like, whoa, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, with that kind of power, you would think he would be swayed to do horrible things, because ultimately he can do whatever mm-hmm. the fuck he pleases. And it's that thing of, as long as there's a positive from it, I'm not going to... Like, for instance, everyone hates... Universally, Fantastic Four, the last one, is hated, isn't it? Like, people think it's the biggest piece of shit on Earth. I like the film. I do. I'm one of the only people... I know I'm very much in the minority. I really... I thought Doctor Doom was great. I thought he was terrifying. I was like, he's fucking cool. And for that alone, I'm mm. like... And I think Michael B. Jordan is one of the better actors of our generation. So him as Johnny Storm, for me, yeah. is actually quite a, quite a revelation. I thought he was great in that role. Is it great, an amazing all-round film? No, not enough action for me. But at the same time, I liked the the mental health, the degradation of the thing. I thought his relationship with Johnny Storm and the fact that he's, I thought that was really well done. It's a shame because what mm-hmm. I wanted is for them to make a film that was more all-round pleasing with more set pieces and things, but with all those elements in it. So I can watch that and say, no, it's not perfect. No, it's not five-star by any means, but it is still an acceptable watch and one that I found entertaining and mm-hmm. relatively enjoyable. As opposed to being like, oh, it's not what I wanted, therefore it's fucking shit, I hate it. It's like such an extreme yeah. response from these very tribalistic people. Same with wrestling, isn't it? You know, you can say AEW's... Oh, yeah, no, the worst thing about... Yeah, the, the worst thing about being a fan of something are the other fans. Mm. Like, like, it's fucking... It's exhausting being a fan of video games or, or a fan of comic books or something like that because the rest of them are just wankers. Oh, I don't like the fact that you can play a girl in this game. Well, fuck off. Then don't play a girl. Well, like all the people who are triggered by the fact that Ellie from The Last of Us is a lesbian. Yeah. Or the fact that... What was the other lass? Who was the other lass in it? In The Last of Us 2. I haven't seen that. I'm playing the second one, so I don't know. There's a lass in the second one who's just built. She's fucking built. And everyone's like, oh, this is... She shouldn't be built. She's like a man. They wouldn't be able to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Just fuck off. That's so boring. Just, just fuck off. Um, but no, so I agree with you on that bit. For me, the just... Uh, so me, for me, sorry, the Suicide Squad wanted to do something more than it did. So didn't know what the big bad should be. So tried their best to put three different ones in it and none of them worked. Um, and that's for me where it let, where it was let down. Really, really good performances from people. Yeah, uh, Margot, Rob- yeah. Ha- Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn wasn't my version of Harley Quinn, but you could see glimpses of it there. But then when you look at Margot Robbie in um, Birds of Prey and then in The Suicide Squad, that is Harley Quinn. So it wasn't the fact that she was shit as an actress, because a lot of people did say that she shouldn't be Harley Quinn because she wasn't good. It was the script that she was given. And also, you're not going to get everything in one film. Why should you? Mm-hmm. Like, if I got everything... So what's the point of me watching, like, Birds of Prey, for instance, if I get the perfect performance from her in Suicide Squad? I need layers. I need storytelling. For instance, yeah. with The Last of Us, you know, people were complaining that the first episode was a little bit slow, and I'm like, it's a series. They... You've not can't... seen any of it yet. Uh, I've watched the first two. I episodes. haven't yet. 
Excellent. I've not like, touched it. I'm I'm waiting until the end because I adore the games. They are they are ones I they're go back. Very back faithful to the games, so you'll probably enjoy them from that regard. They're very faithful to the um to because I've only played the first one, and they're very faithful to all the source material from that. And so for a lot of people, it's a big success for that reason alone. Um, I think the acting performances are astonishingly powerful, like very powerful. There's great um, actors, great actors in it. And I, I thought The Walking Dead yeah, was really no. good. The problem with that is that it just went on for fucking ever. I've been watching it, so I've I've. I watched the first series and thought, yeah, that's all right. But never went to series two. Just never got around to it. I'm halfway through series three now. And it's just... Ugh. See, it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, that's... I think it's, again, it comes down to what you want. Like, for me, the pacing and the um, drama of seasons two and three are my favourite parts of the entire series. Series two, I didn't enjoy as much because most of their problems they could have avoided if they'd have just used a bit of common sense. There is a lot of stupidity in these concepts, isn't there? Like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, I'm going to go and tell three people this big secret that I shouldn't, that I shouldn't know, and then when everything blows up and when people get killed because of this fucking secret that I blurted out, oh, whose fault is that? It's yours, you cunt. Fucking beardy twat with a hat, not mentioning any names, you old shit. I'll tell you what, the character I hate most in Walking Dead is um Andrew Lincoln's character. Um, you know, um Rick Rick Grimes, is it? Um his yeah. um his fucking wife like annoys the shit. She is so fucking dumb. Like everyone's getting well, she's just the... died, so it's fine. Yeah, no, spoiler alert. <laughs> There's that thing off. Yeah, no, it's like, fucking that's... years old. If will... someone spoiled it for me now, I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. I will, one thing I will say is her death is like one of the more graphic things you see. It's like, fuck. Like, oh, you yeah. know, but when oh, she's yeah. in, you're like, whoa, that's that's dark. Mm-hmm. That is, that's real dark. But for yeah. me, it was like, I I genuinely was like, oh, thank God. You annoyed the shit out of me. I thought she was so stupid. Like, again, I don't like kids. And obviously by proxy, I probably don't like many parents for that reason. Um, But it's that thing of, the way she was like, like Carl really grows on you as he gets older. He, he becomes really cool. Um, but as most, no, young... no, 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 Coral, Coral, sorry, Coral, Coral. Um, but um, it's that thing of the way that like she would just have no fucking awareness to the general surroundings of what they're in. You're in a fucking zombie apocalypse, and she's like, "Can you believe the way my son just spoke to me? Have some fucking priorities, hun." Like she's having yeah. a whinge, like. <laughs> It's just so random. She's like, oh, how dare a seven-year-old not have the cognitive function to fucking do everything I expect him to do? Like, shut up. So annoying. I just thought, very atypical of a parent like that doesn't want to take responsibility for their own kids. Also, I'm not fucking taking you seriously, love, because you were banging Shane behind, you know, I know you thought he was dead and whatever, but you were fucking having it off with Shane while you... you What's know, it been, like six months? It's not even been a year since you think your husband died and yet you're nobbing his best friend. Fuck you. Absolutely. Yeah. Morals, mate. Moral compass. You fucking bitch. The character that kept me going through it for the longest time was Daryl. I just loved his character because it was very much a kind of like, I don't give a fuck about anybody or Mm. anything. I'm just going to shoot shit with my fucking bow and arrow like a cool motherfucker. I'm a crossbow. Dickhead with a heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. And actually yeah. the um the kind of the storyline between him and his brother and how his brother is like a horrible person that he's obviously 
learned a lot of his traits from, but then he realizes that he needs to get away from that. It's actually really good storytelling. It makes you realize that, yeah, yeah like I was brought up in a very racist, very white supremacist like family, deep South mentality. And as the series goes along, his empathy and his understanding and his passion for people comes through. And then all of a sudden he's building relationships yeah. with people he never would have thought of talking to. Same with Carol. She gets to be incredible like at the beginning you're like okay i feel sorry for you i have empathy because you're in a you know you're in a domestic abuse scenario and things like that but then all of a sudden she becomes more empowered and more powerful as things go along and you realize that she becomes yeah. this you know one of the things i liked about walking dead was it was one of the few series that was able to empower the women as well as the men on the same sort of level and a lot of these shows don't there's still this mental oh she's a woman she's soft and oh she's a victim whereas with Kara's like yeah, they'll do one or the other Huh? So they'll make it either they'll they'll do one or the other. So they'll make either the men strong and the women weak, or the yeah. women strong and the men idiots. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was like like you know, as it goes along, especially into like seasons four, five, and six, the women become so much more empowered, and they're like, do you know what? I'm just going to take it upon myself to fucking take charge of you because the men are being fucking cot waffles or whatever reason. But you also have a lot of dynamics yeah. later on where there's men and women who form relationships together and they're both as powerful as each other. And that's very, very rewarding for people who do stick with it. But then it just becomes fucking ludicrous and it just loses control of itself by about season six or seven for me. And I'm like, oh, fucking yeah. hell. And then by eight, I just tuned it out and I haven't watched it since because I was like, no, this is too much going on. It's too much. So I can't, I can't bring myself to have empathy for somebody who brutally murdered somebody with a baseball bat with barbed wire wrapped around it. I can't morally yeah. bring myself to love him because everyone's like, he's incredible and he redeems it. You can't redeem yourself from being someone, the one character who everyone loved to death with a baseball bat where his eye pops out in front of his wife. I don't know who that is yet. I've not seen that bit. I'm only halfway through season three. Well, So I know, I've always known that thing happens, but I don't know who it is. It's really well done, that scene. It's totally shell-shockingly I was crying my eyes out because it's horrible. You know, it's horrible. Mm. It really is like one of those things where you're like, wow, that is the darkest point that a, hu a human can be, that he could do something that fucking callous. But then it's also that thing of, after that, I think the shell-shocking nature of the series couldn't peak that. So it was like, we've topped ourselves out too quickly here now. So now everything else is like, I've seen the most grimmest part of a human being's action. The only way you could go above that is if he started doing like crazy horrific gore-based horror movie shit and that is basically what he was doing anyway in that scene so you then all of a sudden it's just you have to disassociate yourself because it's a different world but you still want that relativity of the characters that you're watching and you lose yeah. a lot of the relativity and also um they there's a lot of chop and change with different characters like all of a sudden someone who's only been in it for three episodes is all of a sudden the main character and you're supposed to just fucking take that without any kind of build and you're like no like what about this person who's been here for six seasons we're just gonna ignore that person mm -hmm. now and they're gonna be a background character fuck off bad storytelling <clears throat> Yeah, it gets to a point with shows like that where you've just got to go, you know what, it needs to end now. It needs to end. Um, the series Orphan Black did that very well. Hmm. I've seen Orphan Black. It, it, My ex watches a lot of that and she really liked it. <clears throat> it's stunning. Really, yeah, really good I have good seen show, it. It looks but, really good. Yeah, but they got to a point where it's like, it's getting a bit far-fetched now. And they went, yep, we're ending it. It's fine. Yeah, it's and like it worked really, really well. Trying to sort of regrow itself, and I was like, "No, nah, just leave it there." Yeah, it's fine. I did love and it. And also, um, 
Tatiana Maslany is one of the best actresses that I've ever seen in my life. Full stop. You can look at Judy Dench, you can look at fucking Meryl Streep and people like that. In Orphan Black, she played all of the sisters of this family. It's about um, and stuff, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Had to, she had to infiltrate a science lab as one of the other sisters. But, and this is the big fucking thing. When you watch it, you can see that it's her trying to be the other one. She didn't just go in and go, I am this person that is already in this place. Yeah. She went, no, I am this person trying to be this person that's already in this place. Even though it was the same accent. Yeah. And fuck, she was good. And she's just amazing. She-Hulk, fucking amazing. I absolutely adore the woman. Oh, is that who plays She-Hulk? <laughs> yeah. I have seen She-Hulk, so that's been panned, hasn't it? Yeah, because it's tongue-in-cheek, it's a bit silly and stuff like that, but the She-Hulk comic book was, so fuck them. And, and yet we reward um, Deadpool for the same thing. Exactly, exactly. People just don't like women. I, I do. It's hard to. I don't want to go to that sort of place, you know, where it's like, oh, it's because it's a women's lead. But it does kind of feel that way. That we're still like, how is it's, it twenty twenty three, and we're still uncomfortable with women taking the lead? Yeah, it's it's nerds. It's it's the the straight white man. It's the why am I not the center of attention anymore? No, fuck off. It's like the same people like kicking up a fuss about Doctor Who being black now. That's what. The, the yeah, whole but life. it's like people kicking. Yeah, but it's keep people kicking off about Doctor Who being black now. Oh, it was a woman, now there's black. Why can't young white men have fucking people time, to though. look up to? He's yeah. A... And I'm just first off, he's an alien, fuck off. Secondly, have you white people yeah, you white people not had enough? It'll never be enough, will it? White society will always want to be prominent. Oh yeah. Bunch of cunts, a lot of them. Your fault, basically. Mm. It is, it is, and I'm Jewish as well, so yeah, double hander. Yeah, we got love, a couple of uh, another double hander. We got a couple mate. of em- the old pepper shaker, marvelous. <clears throat> well and truly, and we got a couple of emails. Let's hit them. Um, all from Robbie Nitro. Excellent, thank you very much, Robbie. Frankie T said he sent something. Nice. Not, uh, not yet. Well, he can. Fuck I haven't seen then. it. Um, Robbie says, hi guys, still loving the podcast. This has been a blessing in so many ways. It's so fresh and rewarding to listen to you both. Should be very proud. I have three questions for you, if I may. First of all, thank you very much, Robbie. Um, firstly, if you could go back and give yourself, your 18 year old self, one piece of advice, what would it be? It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to be sad and you will work for it and you will be a success. Also stop fucking around thinking that you have to conform to the societal norm of working that shit nine to five that you know deep down that you don't like. Chase your dreams. Um, Probably most mine's kind of similar. I've ever given. <laughs> mine's kind of similar to that, and it's one sentence. Um, it's three words. But you go to work. America. That I mean, also point. yes, <laughs> but go to America. There was one opportunity I should have gone to America. Didn't because I was um, young and stupid and thought different things. 
life would have been completely different. You could have been a porn star, but here we are. <sighs> I would. There's, there's, um, I mean, there, still are niches. underground, isn't it? There's niches for small cocked porn. I'm in, and, is what I would and, shout. Uh, and that's where I lie. That is where I lie. Um, yeah. So there we go. That's that's our our, our advice. Yeah. Um, question number two: If you could have a coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? It's an interesting question. I hear this a lot. It's difficult for me because there are so many people that are fascinating to me. When he says historical, are we thinking like you know what does that cover? I guess like does that mean someone who's dead, who's like a famous person from the past, maybe? Um, you know, there's fascinating. There's so many fascinating individuals from historical context. Caesar, Genghis Khan, um, you know, Alexander the Great, Cleopatra, probably Cleopatra because she was fucking fit. <laughs> Let's go with Cleopatra because she's oh yeah, oh yeah, that is like the original hottie. I'm like, yeah. Have you noticed how every like actually here's something I can show you while I'm here. So it was my birthday recently and I got an Egyptian birthday, which was lovely because my Egyptian family are like, you will learn our culture, whether you like it or not. I'm like, OK, that's cool. So they gave me this. So this is actually from Egypt, which is lovely. So I got two versions of it. So, I mean, look at that. That's like proper old school scroll. So mm. I was given this as a present, which I'm going to put on the wall. It's very beautiful. I don't know if you guys can see it. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that stunning? That's made in an Egyptian. Yeah, that's, that's proper. And I imagine Egyptian. Yeah, that's, that's like, proper traditional. But for me, I'm like, so mm. that is an original representation of what Cleopatra looked like. Mm -hmm. So, which is beautiful. Um, absolutely stunning. Like, and like, you really have to kind of be in the room to look at it. The way it's designed, the colors, it just pops off. It's stunning. Um, but what made it really special for me was that my sister had made her own like version of it. She's very artistic. And so she made this when she was a kid. So obviously it's not. You know, I personally think it's still very good, but so she made that. And that's obviously very Oh, that's stunning. So I've decided that that's so, really uh, good. So this here is actually the wrong way up, idiot. Um, but this thing here, right here, this little tablet, that's actually how people would yeah. write their names. So everyone would have these. Yeah. And it's actually got her name on it. So if you look, it's actually got the hieroglyphics that refer to her name, her name to me. Um oh, nice. And, and it's kind of a thing now in Egypt, everyone does it. So they gave me like a, a beautiful little um they gave me this, which is a bookmark, which actually has the original proper uh, translations of all the hieroglyphics there, so that you can actually write your own name and stuff, um, which is lovely. Nice. So what I want to do is get their names tattooed on me in the original forms of the tablets, because they're so important to me, because I'm not one of these people who likes to get names of people on, tattooed on me. I don't really... But with my sisters, they're always going to be a part of my life, so that's a bit different to me. Like, I wouldn't get an ex-partner on my, you know, tattooed on me or anything like that. Um but yeah, no, like when I look at something like that and I realize the um, the lore and the historic value that Cleopatra had to our, our my other side of my heritage, essentially, that I don't know that much about, um, it really fascinates and intrigues me. So I'll go with Cleopatra. It's fair enough. That is fair enough. Um, Intrinsically part of my identity as well. So Yeah. It's a difficult one for me because history has never been massively interesting to me. It's never been that, you know, it's more modern history that's that, that's got under my skin due to my heritage and stuff like that, as you know. Mm. 
people in popular culture that have died, there are so fucking many. You know, um, Spike Milligan, for example. Brilliant. Sitting down in a room with Spike Milligan and talking to him about something. I fucking love that. So that that's my answer. Fuck you. Eat a dick. Who, me? Well, no, Robbie. I'm using that as my answer. Okay, you're not having historical. Apparently we're attacking Robbie. Not but... having historical. You're not having historical. You're having Spike Milligan. There. Okay, Eat that, you cunt. Um, and he also says, if you, uh, if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? I wouldn't write about my own life because I'm not narcissistic enough to think anyone would care. Uh, I'd probably write something fiction based because I love the I have all these incredible ideas in my head about like I'm very fascinated by um, this conspiracy theory that there is something on the other side of the ice that surrounds the earth. So I don't believe that the earth is flat, but people who believe it's flat believe that the ice goes all the way around the side. And that's why we don't fall off. Mm -hmm. So I'm very fascinated by this concept of what would happen if you breach that wall, if it was flat and what would be on the other side. And I'm always fascinated. It's a completely random concept, but I thought, how cool would it be to write a fictional book about somebody who's able to breach the other side and somehow finds, goes through and finds that actually on the other side is a completely parallel world, exactly the same as ours, but with everything in different formats. So, you know, the societal kind of thing of like humans kind of are in charge of the earth is not the case. All of a sudden we're just like, you know, fucking, you know, essentially glorified pigeons or whatever. This idea that the parallel universe, everything is turned upside down. The dynamics has shifted the world. Very similar to Stranger Things, the upside down world. I like that concept of something like that. So I'd probably try and attempt to write something fictional based that would not only intrigue people, but also encapsulate how I think of alternative theories in a different world. I like that. Yeah, you should fucking do it. You yeah. shit. Just um, and... in my mind. Yeah, and also, yeah, mine. I've got a few. Um, the murder mystery that I spoke about before. Um, there's a story called Four Apartments that I wrote. Um that I haven't finished yet. I've still got to do the last one. Uh, the last section of it, sorry. Um, there's a story called Foul, which I think I mentioned on the podcast before, about killer chickens. Um, Death Metal, which is my robot alien book. Um, there's also one that I started that was a, it was kind of like a, a modern day film noir type thing. Um, about a dude who keeps on having dreams about his wife's murder and his wife actually gets murdered. Um, but due to alcohol, well, it's his ex-wife, but due to alcoholism and stuff like that, he ends up having conversations with himself. And the whole story is that. And I'm just going to throw pens. Which I did. What about, um? so you did that wonderful Christmas story, which I thought was very entertaining, very funny. Yes. Very creative. The voice behind it was excellent. Your voiceover work for it was brilliant. What about the idea of making um, short um, audio stories based on murder mysteries that could be translated for younger people, like your daughter, for instance? Yeah. No, I'd love to do that. Absolutely love to do that. Maybe you could have, like, you know, when she's confident enough or if she is confident enough to do it, you could have her, you know, maybe voicing one of the female leads of it while you're one of the male leads, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You could have, like, a father-daughter yeah, kind is... of thing. 
where you're both like trying yeah. to solve, you know, like, I don't know, like sort of like your own version of Sherlock and Holmes, you know, because I think there's that thing, isn't it? Enola Holmes, is it? I think it is. Um, yes. You know, something that kind of is your own version of that, maybe. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the the book we're writing, the, the uh, protagonist is female. It's the female that's having to solve. Watch out, all the cis males are going to lose their shit over that. <laughs> A woman? Let them. A woman as a detective. Yeah, murder she wrote. Bollocks, mate. <laughs> Let them. You all fuck me off. If I can do anything in the world to upset the people who claim that others are snowflakes, but then get upset for shit like that, you can fuck off. Yeah, that's that's another level of sensitivity when people are like that. Imagine yeah. being scared of a woman having any level of power. It's quite embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fucking. It's that's, awesome. that's to me. That's not woke. That's just normality. Yeah. Very big difference. Well, that's what for, for me. That's what woke is. It's just being aware of normality. The problem is everyone use woke as a kind of a gender or an identity to then fucking essentially force their opinions on people, much like the right wing would. Which yeah, therefore yeah. makes the left wing just as fucking culpable and just as toxic for me. Because again, it's all about division and societal labels, as opposed to us all just being like, can we just bring normality and equality to everything that we look at? We're not going back into this again. We've done this more than twice. Not enough. Not enough. Let's go for it. Um, he's also sent another email. <laughs> he's, he sent another email um, last time we were on the podcast. We said we wanted more people to come on the podcast and be guests. Yeah, not this is a big one. Robbie writes, um, well, he writes, uh, hi, guys, loving what you're doing. I would love to come on your podcast and talk about sexual abuse, being a sufferer of child abuse when uh, I feel not enough men, uh, especially, that feel the strength to openly talk about it. Let uh, let me know. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be open about what happened to me as I would like others. Uh, I'd like to help others try and regain themselves. I'd be up for it. Um. I actually did a podcast with Robbie many, many moons ago now uh, where he was a guest on my podcast as a wrestler and I interviewed him. It was one of the first interviews I did in person and he spoke very openly about the situations that occurred around that, um, not realising that I was also a victim of sexual abuse when I was young. So it was one of those things where, and I've spoken openly about it, not in great detail, um, but it's one of those things where, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I like making jokes at Robbie's expense, as he knows, and I take the piss and stuff. But with stuff like that, there is, there's no fucking jokes to be made. Bottom line is, um, yeah, no, it's, I think it's very admirable and very uh, empowering to hear that someone like yourself, who I know personally what you've gone through, I think it's very, very cool and very, very decent of you that you have the strength to come on a platform like this and speak about that. So, yeah, sure, I'm totally up for something like that. I'm up for it. I may be quiet and I may be inappropriate at times, but I apologise now for that. Yeah, he's always highly inappropriate. Though. We're raining Because in. genuinely, genuinely, whilst you were talking it and saying that you went through stuff as a kid as well, I thought, oh, we could have a fiddle-off where you both compare, <laughs> where we have like a... Sake. for who went through worse only you would be like let's make a competition <laughs> who got raped the worst a fiddle off what is wrong with you and well i was going to call it the nonce off but it's not but you haven't people have the nerve to message wrestle like you're a 
Your opinions are too powerful. Oh, you're too out there, Aaron Nix. You say things that are just too dangerous. This geezer is fucking trying to present the fiddle off. God, can you imagine that podcast every week? As this I say, week, our two sexual abuse victims will go head to head on who got fingered the worst when they were seven. What the fuck? Next week, uh, well, out it was the it, it's, sheriff's badge. What the fuck? <laughs> it, it's either that or the nonsense. But again, that would be more down to people who have done it rather than the victims of it. I am not fucking naming the person that we should be naming this, but that's not happening. Uh, <clears throat> I think I think our business has suffered enough. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it takes a lot for me to be like, Jesus. And even I was like, yeah. Like, that's Simon Mark in a nutshell. Uh, loves, loves a bit I've of always thing, been. I've always been. Like, if someone says, oh, I, I bring everything down, I just go, right, let's have a look then, shall we? I think for you, it's can get lower. For me, the reason, yeah, but for me, the reason I like it, and people, are, and obviously, I don't like fiddle loss, just so we're clear. But the reason I like what you're doing there is um, not bringing empowerment to the evil of the world. Like that's that's basically what you're trying to do is essentially say, let's not fucking allow that to dictate who we could possibly be in the future. Yeah, I've, and that's... that's very much what humor's about, isn't it? I don't think that mm. at any point we should say we're not allowed to joke about things like that. Because ultimately what we're doing is essentially saying that rules over us and that controls us. And I don't think that's healthy. I think that we should not, nothing should control us, especially evil things that have been done to us. We should never, ever, ever have to live as victims for our whole lives. We should be empowered. Yeah. We should be survivors, not victims. Very much so. And it's, it's that, that's the way I am with everything. I mentioned on the podcast before about my friend having brain cancer. And she's going through radiotherapy and stuff at the moment. And genuinely, whilst we were having the conversation after we had the emotional bit of the conversation. My next sentence was, I'm pretty sure you've done all this just so you can have my haircut. And she went, I will look better. And that's, I, I wanted to pull that rug out and go, let's, you know what, let's not give cancer the satisfaction of making them yeah, down. Let's not, let's not break let's, ourselves let's, down. Let's do what we've always done and make it massively inappropriate. That is, um, that's, I've got a lovely little story. It's only a short one. Um, my friend Sam has, um, gone through cancer twice. Um, I love her dearly, like genuinely. I've, I had the biggest crush on her at uni. I fancy, I still fancy her now. Sorry, Garrick. Um, <laughs> but, and she's just become a, a mother for the first time, giving birth to twins. A beautiful woman in every sense, but she's got the darkest sense of humor. So when she found out she had cancer for the second time, um, she reconnected with me. We'd sort of not spoken for a long time and thought she'd just moved on and mm. she'd moved back down to my local area. So she said, hey, let's can we hang out? And I was like, yeah, that would be fantastic, actually. Like, I really miss your face. And obviously she sat down and she was talking about it. You know, I've got cancer and all this. It was breast cancer. And um, we were we decided, should we go to McDonald's for a laugh? So we drove to McDonald's and we did, the, you know, the, the classic sort of, you know, chat thing, just sat there at McDonald's. And we're sitting there talking about it and making fun of it. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, just sort of going through the emotional sort, sort of range with it, trying to sort of be therapeutic with it. And then it's just a point where she sort of said something really dickheadish to me. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I just turned around and went, do you know what? Kind of glad you got cancer. And she just like burst out laughing and dropped her chips. And it was that moment of like, that's that's why I loved her so much. And I do love her now. Um, she's an amazing human being and it's that thing of like yeah let's not let's not let the pain and the suffering that's going to happen 
overcome the humor and the joy that we have for each other and our dark sense of humor. Let's fucking empower mm-hmm. ourselves in that moment. And yeah, it just kind of reminded me in that moment of it's there's something very refreshing and very um, therapeutic about being able to take the piss out of the darkest possible thing that could maybe go through us. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's perfect. It is, yeah. It's perfect. Coming up next week, the fiddle off. <laughs> Lord, have you got I- anything else to say? Do you want to do anything else? Don't mind, mate. I'm quite happy with that. If you are, I don't, I, I've I've I'm exhausted of my thoughts. We were going to talk about sex, weren't we, and what that means to us at some point. So, I mean, we you know, were, but then that's quite a long topic in itself. So, well, not for me, obviously. Quite yeah, it is. Hey, them... yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Look at the size of that Egyptian hog. Um, sorry, we call it a hieroglyphic hog in my house. Uh, but um, the Nile knob. Hard to think. The Cairo copies, the Pharaoh Phallus, the Sphinx Sausage. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. Um, but yeah, no, if you want us to talk about sex next week, we'll do that then. So yeah, no, I'm happy. Yeah, we'll do that. It's very good. Thank you very much, by the way, to everyone who's afforded me an opportunity to work recently. I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I want the universe to know that I'm incredibly grateful for everyone who's afforded me the opportunity for that. So I just thought I'd like to put that out there in the universe. And obviously, if you've got anything you're grateful for, if you've got opinions, maybe you want to um, get some advice. Uh, maybe you just want some cathartic, stupid humor to kind of help, um, you know, uh, sort of work through the therapeutic issues that you might be going with. It doesn't matter what it is, questions, advice, everything under the sun. It's silentdeathmachine at gmail.com or at SNDM pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I do think next week we should try and do it live if you guys want us to. Even if you don't want us to, I think we might just do it to see how it goes. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff at the back end of this week, uh, location shootings, uh, actual shows. But next week, everything calms down a bit and the build-up to rise. So what I will do is um, I'll spend a little bit of time um, testing some live streams on our YouTube and Twitch to see whether it's you know capable for me to do it via the laptop. If it is, um, I'll let you guys know. And you can contact us and send us a message and say, yeah, absolutely, let's do it live. Let's all sit down for a laugh. If you guys let us know. Because maybe, because we always record on a Tuesday night, um hopefully uh that'll be beneficial to you guys because i know mark isn't as flexible with his time as maybe i am so ultimately uh if you guys are happy with a tuesday evening we'll try and maybe get a a live stream set up and we'll have a chat for an hour and a half or so and you guys can interact with us and jump in when you've got the time and you know leave your comments and have a bit of fun with it and i think next week could be a nice one as well because it's about sex and it's a you know we can we can be silly about it and we can yeah. be serious, but it's we, not we as... all have a conversation around sex or sexual mm. problems and feelings and everything else. Like it's an incredibly uh, diverse topic to speak about. So yeah, yeah. So I think it's a, I think it'll be a fun one to do live. Um, it'll be somewhere we will put it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll record it and make sure it's also available for people to watch after the fact. Yeah. We'll we'll sort that out because I've got some stuff on this end as well. If we if we need to stream it from this end, if cool. you would like, yeah. Um, but until then, keep getting in touch with us. Keep staying safe. We love you very much. And uh, goodbye. Bye. Love you. How beautiful are these women, by the way? Like, absolutely stunning, aren't they? They are. Nightshade. That's something that I learned. It's something that I learned on the Royal Rumble. I watched the women's Rumble match. And a, I genuinely thought... For that. What the hell? Uh, we can do it tomorrow. Part of the wrestle plug if you want. 
Yeah, we'll do it as part of the state of wrestling dress if you're up for it. Yeah. Um, but I genuinely thought all of those women were beautiful. There was different shapes, sizes, ethnicities, absolutely everything. Different and ages. All talented. All Which talented and all thing. fit as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I don't all want fit them to as think, fuck as well. Like for instance, Night Shade and Luna Blue behind me, right? They're wrestling each other this mm. weekend in Portishead for wrestling site. And if you're around that region, which is around yeah. Bristol, Wales, when go, go and watch it, it's amazing. Nadi Sapphire is doing amazing yeah. things for that company and deserves your time and your admiration. But um, yeah, they're both astonishing talents, and that's what stands up to yeah. me first and foremost before their looks. And you know, I'm not going to be oh, yeah. and say they're not fit because of course they are. They're fucking gorgeous women but they're talented more than anything else. And it's something that really stood out yeah. to me. Every time I watch these women's Royal Rumbles, I'm always blown away by, even if it's not necessarily my cup of tea, the quality of wrestling, I'm always blown away by the fact that they can provide something just as entertaining as the men. I believe that. I do. It was The, the, the Rumble was fucking stunning. The women's Rumble was amazing. The, the atmosphere, the wrestling itself. You look at fucking Rhea Ripley picking up and dropping Nia Jax. Mega star, isn't it? Mega star. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing, and just everything about that match was beautiful. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was wonderful. But again, all of them fit in their own way. Just yeah. women are beautiful. Doesn't matter who, what the fuck you look like, you are beautiful. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We um, apart yeah. from your mum. Ah, that's so true. It's funny. Uh, he is an ugly person inside and out. Where do you think I got this from? I thought. I thought I'd end with a mum joke. I thought I'd end I with your mum. So be... did I. I wish you'd stop. Speaking of the fiddle off, how was your mum? All right. <laughs> your mum. 